Okay, we are live and I'm going to hit record. All right, so hello everyone, ladies of FBA. I'm here with Kim, Angie, and Jeff from Inventory Lab. And as many of you know, Inventory Lab is the one software that I tell every mentoring client that they must have. It is the only software of its kind where us sellers can stay on top of our numbers. And you can't build a successful business until you're on top of your numbers. So I'm very excited to partner with them and give you this demo. I have some questions for them. You ask your questions in the live, um, in the live feed on Facebook, and I will get those questions answered after the demo. So why don't you all introduce yourselves and then I'll hop over the host hostess to Kim and she can give us the demo. Sure, Angie, you wanna say hello first? Sure, my name is Angie Zellner. I'm a customer champion at Inventory Lab. Hey everybody, I'm Jeff Campbell, one of the customer champions at Inventory Lab, welcome. And I'm Kim McCaffrey, I'm the customer learning and development coordinator at Inventory Lab. Live, um, in the live feed oops, on oops, Facebook, oops, and I oops. will get those questions answered after. Okay. There we go, sorry. Okay, so we are still live and I cut that. So. Okay, so I'm gonna give Kim the hostess so she can do the demo. I think I can share even without hostess status if you want. I think you're the host. So, yep. All right, so go ahead and I'm gonna take the questions from my phone so we don't get that mixed up again. Okay. All right. You ready? Yes, I'm ready, I'm ready. Okay, so Jess and I, we met uh, a while back and really kind of wanted to use this time as almost like a masterclass, uh, really like pro tips and kind of looking at some of the things that you might not know uh, are there and tools that are available to you. But we also wanna cover um, some of those basics. So we, um, in, the, in the tech world, we call it onboarding. So that's like the period of time, like right after you sign up and things that you wanna really like what's your first stop? What's the first thing that you wanna do? So we're gonna kind of look at some of those first. Uh, we're gonna talk about some of the updates. There have been quite a number. As a matter of fact, Jess, um, before I even flip over, did you see the news of the new feature update that came out last Friday morning? You're gonna refresh me so I don't get it wrong. The custom ASIN shortcut, custom ASIN shortcuts that you can add to Scout and Scoutify and List. Have you seen those yet? Yes, yes. Perfect. Okay. So we'll cover that, but really, you know, we're, we're here for your questions. I always follow, of course, the Facebook group. So I'm already kind of a little bit up to speed with what you're looking for. So, but first we really want to talk about what you want to do first. So I'm going to share my screen. Hopefully I'm going to share the right screen. You just never know. Right. <laughs> Dual monitors. It's like, oops. <laughs> yeah. to share that. Okay. So we're looking here on the list and prep page. So when you're first signing up, you kind of, you're going to, come into a screen and you're going to see uh, some options, you know, teach me how to list, um, show me how to set up my account, you know, with the different settings, and then also taking a look at Scout. So we kind of always encourage folks to, you know, list first, have a little bit of fun, you know, try it out. But really, one of the first stops you're going to make is getting your accounting details uh, plugged in. And you would actually go into your inventory section to do that. And whether you're FBA or Merchant Fulfilled Inventory or both, and you wanna get those cost per unit amounts plugged in. I'm actually gonna, um, I am going to switch accounts. I'm actually in Abigail's account. She's our colleague and uh, she's not really a seller. So we like to use her account for uh, demonstration purposes for listing, but I'm actually gonna log into my own account so we can, so we have something to look at. You have to have inventory to look at uh, adding some accounting details. Jeff, do you wanna, um, while I'm doing that, talk about uh, some of the information around that? around getting the inventory uh, accounting details plugged in? Yeah, sure. Um, so when you first connect your uh, Seller Central account to uh, Inventory Lab, once we've done the sync, which takes you know up to 48 hours, depending on how much data you have, uh, the first thing you wanna do is, is add your cost to your inventory, because that kind of feeds everything else and all the different reports and you know your profitability reports, your profit and loss, those sorts of things. And, because the sales page pulls the cost from your inventory page. So when you make a sale, you're gonna show the true profit because we're pulling the cost into that. And so it gives you a better idea on uh, exactly what uh, profit you're making on each item. And it's easiest if you do it right after your sync is done from Seller Central because you can 
export from the inventory page. And I apologize for the background noise. I'm going to slide notes here. Um, so if you export from the inventory page, you can then add your cost to the CSV or spreadsheet file. And then you just import it back into Inventory Lab and it takes care of it all at once. And then from there, we, it uh, pulls into the different reports and other pages. So you can see my screen now, correct? Yes. Okay. So exactly what Jeff was saying, under your inventory tab, uh, you know, start with your FBA inventory. And then of course, uh, you're gonna do your merchant fulfilled inventory separately. But here on the page, so if you're coming coming into Inventory Lab and you only have, you know, only five or six MSKUs, so if you're maybe private label or you're bundling, sometimes you're not gonna have, you know, hundreds or thousands of MSKUs in your inventory. You can do this manually. Uh, come right here to this page. You can actually click any of these little links here. It's all gonna take you to the same place but click your cost per unit amount. And if you're brand new, this is gonna say zero. You're not gonna have anything in here. So plug in that cost per unit amount, plug in that supplier, plug in the purchase date if you have it, and then you're gonna click save. So that, you know, that's what you would be doing if you're gonna be entering that information manually. But like what Jeff was describing, if you're coming in and you have, you know, even if it's dozens of MSQs, let alone hundreds or, or, or thousands, it's a lot easier to export, which is right over here at the top right-hand corner, Click export, and that's going to uh, you know just export a .csv formatted spreadsheet. If you're not sure what that means, uh, it's just a universally formatted spreadsheet so that you can open it up in whatever your preferred spreadsheet software happens to be. Um, I like Google Sheets. Um, I'm not a huge fan of uh, having to open up Excel. My computer, for whatever reason, doesn't like it. Um, but every, all the information is going to be there for you. It's it's I'm, I don't have a whole a great relationship with spreadsheets in general, uh, so I usually shy away from them. But everything's already there in that spreadsheet. You're going to see, you know, the, the title, the ASIN, the MSKU, all of that's there. But you are going to have these three columns of your, um, you know, the, the cost per unit amount and your supplier and your purchase date. That's going to be empty. So plug that those amounts in, click save, come right back in and click the import button. And that's going to just bring all of that information back in for you. And what's going to happen is, um, especially with that cost per unit amount, any sales that you've had for that MSKU. So, you know, especially in your trial period, um, Inventory Lab is going to import all of your inventory for you and then 60 days of your accounting data. So that's all your sales data, uh, all the fees assessed by Amazon. All of that's going to be 60 days worth. But if even if you've been with Inventory Lab for a long time and if you haven't done this yet, any sales that you've had for that MSKU is going to then have that cost per unit amount accounted for in that sale, um, which kind of echoing back to what Jess had said, that's so important because when you get to um, what Jeff had even mentioned under reports, right? When you're going to go and look at that sales data, um, or you know, going into your profit and loss report, or your profitability reports, you're going to be able to see exactly where you stand as a business. You know, instead of just looking at your Amazon seller app and saying like, oh, like my sales were really great this month, you know, in the back of your mind, you know, like, well, that's not accounting for the thises and the thats and my buy cost and all these other things. Getting that information plugged in allows you to go to that profit and loss report and go to that net profit line, that, that um, line item and, and know where you stand. Get that information plugged in, especially if you're brand new. We really want to see folks do this early in that three month trial period, get the cost per unit amounts plugged in um, because it's gonna populate everything else in your account with that really valuable data. So not just that profit and loss report, but going back up here to your profitability reports, you can view your profitability four different ways. So supplier by category, by your MSKU or by ASIN. Um, and that's really gonna give you, I'm gonna click on supplier profitability or I'll just do category. And uh, this is gonna be the, including information from the last 30 days. I'm going to go over to advanced. I'm going to change that so we have something more interesting to look at. We do so, have a question. Mm -hmm. Well, um, Jane is asking, um, I signed up for Inventory Lab a few weeks ago. Will it go back the whole year and then add the Amazon data more than 60 days? Yeah. During your trial period, it's going to be sales data for the last 60 days. After that, when you upgrade to a paid account, uh, reach out to our support team. You can do that through chat and they'll, or, you know, just opening up a ticket through your account and they'll tell you um, what you need to do to import the rest of your historical data. So beyond 60 days. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. And that's, you know, doing that during the trial period, you know, get it, those buy costs plugged in for the, you know, all of your inventory is all going to be there. We're going to import all of your inventory and your inactive inventory. So get those buy costs plugged in. So then when you do have that historical data brought in, 
that's all going to, you know, populate with all of those cost per unit amounts. And um, so you're going to immediately see just a lot of really great data. Uh, but looking at category profitability, I was going to say it's like not exactly the sexiest looking report <laughs> as far as reports go. Um, but the ROI column over here to the right is always where my eye goes. This is what I want to be able to scan, Oh, you know, just look over very quickly and see what ROI percentage am I seeing from these different categories? So I can kind of see what's working for my business and what's not. Um, Jeff and I, we, uh, Angie also, we go to a lot of conferences that Inventory Lab sponsors and we always try to get opportunities to do one-on-ones with people. And uh, I always kind of make it a point to ask them, uh, we, we go to you know category or supplier profitability report and say like, oh, well, which one do you think is really working for your business? Just to kind of see what they say and probably eight out of, eight out of 10 times um, it, they guess wrong. And they are like, they say it with such conviction, like, oh, I know I'm killing in the toys category. And they are usually during quarter four. <laughs> but, you know, when we look at a, at a broader uh, year, it's they're usually not not um, on point. Only, you know, these are the folks that are saying like, oh, I don't really look at those reports. I'm not really kind of using all of those other tools. I'm use, using inventory lab to list. This is the kind of information that you want to look at. So like if something on here shocks you, like, oh, what am I selling in the sports category? I, I'm doing 250% ROI. You might want to follow that up. So go over to your SKU profitability report or your ASIN profitability report. Find out what items you're selling in that category. Then go over to your supplier profitability report and see what suppliers working for you and see if you can't source that inventory um, from a different supplier. Really leveraging that data to grow your business. Okay. Any questions before we look at anything else or before we move on, Jess? No, that was it for okay. now. Yeah. Uh, the second thing, like when you're coming in, um, after you get your cost per unit amounts plugged in, so this isn't even including lists. We always want you to kind of have a little bit of fun first, but this is where you're really going to get the most value. Like I'm telling you, it's just information rich, just great stuff across the board. Get your buy cost plugged in. Your second stop is going to be your other expenses. It's going to be under your accounting tab almost all the way down here, other expenses. And what you're gonna see here is really a lot of the um, fees assessed by Amazon that aren't associated with a sale. The inventory lab is importing for you automatically. So that's gonna be your long-term storage fees, your Amazon pro seller subscription fees, your removal fees. All of these things are also being uh, imported for you. That's all funneling through to the profit and loss report. But this is where you wanna put everything else. Jess and I, we kind of, yeah. we both lit up when we kind of were talking about this topic when we met before, because it's, um, this is really where it all starts to come together. Um, you want to just click add at the top right-hand corner. And so what am I talking about? Everything else, all of your expenses. Did you pay for a course? Did you pay to attend a webinar? Um, you know, did, do you, uh, you pay any kind of paid content, tape, packing supplies? Are you renting a warehouse space? Whatever those expenses are, you know, it, I kind of always say like a lot of us came to this without a background in business. And I always, you know, make myself pretty vulnerable and kind of say like, that was me. You know, I had a background in the nonprofit sector and I really relied on e-commerce to generate the additional income uh, that I needed because it was the nonprofit sector. And, you know, salaries aren't great. And, um, but I didn't have that background. So I didn't really know what to account for and when or how, or even what it all really meant. Um, so I kind of had stuff piecemealed all over the place. And, you know, I, I just, I didn't know where I stood as a business. I, I knew money was going out and money was coming in, but, you know, I couldn't tell you if I was profitable or not. And it really caused me to come at running my, my business very different. It wasn't until I got to the other side that I saw what a difference this makes. So instead of having everything piecemealed all over the place, get it all into one centralized location. Like you don't have to use inventory lab for everything under the sun, wherever you get this information, just get it all to one place because you're going to, you know, if you have a subscription to, um, I know, uh, Jill or sorry, Jess really likes aura. So if you have a subscription to aura, if you have, you know, subscription to be cool, whatever that might be, plug it in here. You're going to choose a category. Uh, we have a bunch of common categories here. You can make up a category. You can be like full time or not full time. Um, ladies of FBA category. I'm going to add that. What date do I want to account for something? What's the amount of uh, the description? Like, because Jess is awesome. And then do I want to repeat that? Is that, is this the one time in expense or is, you know, Jess, you know, awesome on a consistent basis. And I want to account for that weekly, monthly or, or yearly. 
So I don't have to come back in and like do it over and over again. Um, so if it's a one-off expense, like a weird office expense, make a weird office expense category and account for it one time or account for it multiple times, but get it plugged in because all roads lead to this profit and loss report. Right. All those expenses, all the sales, all your buy costs, all your other expenses, all your other income. You can do the same thing in other income. We have a lot of folks selling on like eBay. So they might come in here to other income and plug in um, like their gross eBay sales. And then they'll go down to other expenses and they'll plug in their gross or their uh, eBay expenses and their PayPal shipping expenses because everything's going to show up here automatically. This is only August. I'm going to change this again just so we have something interesting to look at. Yep. So I use it. I have my services. So all my subscriptions that I do, whether it's FBA Insiders OA list or the retail arbitrage group that I'm in, and then, you know, my repricer and all of those. And I, you just plug it in. I, I got on top of mine. Yay. So, and then if you, I mean, everything, even if you have like a, maybe you take out an Amazon loan, you know, whatever it is. And then you can really like be really specific with what your profit loss is monthly, quarterly, yearly. And that helps you know what you're supposed to pay in your taxes. So at, at the end of the day, having this as clean as possible, it's really, really, really helped me know my, you know, I wasn't a business person either. I was a scientist. I studied books. So this is very helpful for me for sure. Yeah, and it, it, it is good business sense. I always kind of really see the value in the psychological sense of the whole thing. You know, instead of having it all over the place, getting it centralized allows me to look at this number and know ex I'm exactly where I stand. It might not be the number that I want it to be, but getting to that other side, what I found was that knowing that number was the difference between, look, again, me just being vulnerable, um, you know, feeling like I was just a stupid woman selling crap online versus an entrepreneur. Knowing that number, knowing where I stood, I then self-identified as an entrepreneur and it caused me to come at running my business very different. I made different decisions. I made them in a different way. Um, I was more proactive, more assertive with those decisions and with inventory decisions, but know that number. That's why I see if you don't do it here, do it somewhere. Yep. Know that number. You have to. It is the difference between feeling like you have a hobby and identifying as an entrepreneur. So, so, so critical. Okay, and we do have two questions. Sure. She is re referencing the category report, and she says mm -hmm. she wish she could click on the categories to see the items. So if you're in category, is there a way that we know which, which ASINs were under that category? That's a really good question. So if I go to ASIN profitability, I'm just going to pull this up here. And I have a lot of information here. Jeff, if I export this, the category is not included on that. I just want to check before I, I commit to that answer. Do you know? No, I don't think it is. Okay. Uh, we do have that in as a suggestion though, to provide okay. you know, the items that are within that category report. Right, that, I mean, that would be helpful then she could know, hey, I need to go find more of that. <laughs> Um, As opposed to just guessing, it's we've been looking at, at something similar to that, like a drill down sort of report format um, for for a while. And it's, it, I'm so, but we were looking at that for a different report. So it's good to hear Jeff that we're uh, talking about bringing that in for the for the ASIN too. That's a good idea. And then Caitlin is is asking. I'm sure you guys are going to go over this, but I want to ask: Is there a way to change the cost on an item when you get that same item at a different place? Will you be able to see the profits of items at different costs? I mean, I already know the answer, but I'll let you guys. Yes. Right. That is a great question. Yeah. Yes. Um, and that's actually part of one of the, we had a recent update that really changed this significantly. Um, so I'm going to go back to inventory. I'm going to go to FBA inventory. So if, if you're not, if you didn't quite follow that question, so if you're purchasing, like, especially if you're replenishing, and of course that's always a goal. If you're, you know, retail arbitrage, you want a, a replenishable, you know, item, or if you're a private label or, or bundling, you're going to be replenishing, but your costs might not always be the same when you purchase those items. So, you know, that could be for any number of reasons, you know, maybe you got the discount coupon, you know, family day at big lots or something, uh, or your wholesale supplier gave you a deal for a percentage off for like everything over a certain amount, whatever the case may be. If the item is already in your inventory, this is what you're going to do. 
And we're going to go back to that same screen that you saw um, when I was put, plugging in, like when I was saying, put, this is where you want to put your buy costs. So I'm going to come down here. Let's look at this first one. I think I can use this one. I don't think I've done this already with this first one. Um, we can see the M SKU. We can see that I have four on hand. Uh, the current list price and the active cost per unit. The active cost per unit is $1.06. So let's go ahead and click on that M SKU. We're going to go to this detail page here. So let's say that I bought three of these for $1.06, but one of them I purchased for 99 cents. What I want to do is split this row right here. So I've got four. Remember, I paid, for three of them, I paid $1.06. For one of them, I paid 99 cents. I'm going to click split. And what is that new cost per unit? It is 99 cents. I'll say I got it from the same place. Maybe I got it on a different date. So let's choose a different date here. We'll say I got that later in June and one of them. So I plugged in one and if you were, if you could see it, this quantity changed from four to three when I put in one. So now I'm gonna say complete split. And I could do that again and again and again. You know, it's not unusual for somebody to have 25 different rows for the same MSKU because their, their costs change. So now I have two rows. So what will happen now, Inventory Lab is going to apply the first in, first out accounting method. So I have a quantity of three at $1.06. So the first three sales, if I go over to my FBA sales under the accounting tab, the first three sales are gonna have $1.06 accounted for. And then when that quantity is depleted, the next row is gonna be highlighted and it's gonna, that's gonna be the active buy cost. So when it sells the, the fourth time, it's going to be 99 cents. It's going to account for in that sale. So really kind of helping you capture uh, that accounting data, especially when you have multiple buy costs. If you're listing an inventory lab, you don't even need to do this. When you plug in uh, an ASIN that's already existing in your inventory, inventory lab is going to pop up a little window and it's going to say like, hey, this already exists in your inventory. Like, is this a replenishment? Do you want to use the same MSKU? And of course you do, if it's the same color and you know it's not a different variation, it's the same condition, you want to use the same MSKU. And then plug in if it's a different buy cost, you know, plug in that supplier, plug in that purchase date, and then Inventory Lab is going to create this second row for you automatically. So you won't have to come in here. So this is really going to apply more, you know, if you have quantities already existing in your inventory, and um, but you have multiple buy costs for those quantities, this is how you would do that. But if you're listing, you're not even going to need to, it's going to be done for you. Okay, we have another question. Jane asks, do you have reports that show the number of units sold? Yes. Jeff, do you want to speak to that? Or Angie, do you want to speak to that? And I'll kind of uh, demo via screen share. Sure. Uh, one place you can check that out is the SKU or ASIN profitability report. Um, they have a lot of the same information. If you have multiple SKUs for the same ASIN, then the SKU profitability report will drill that down even more. Um, so it starts, all of our reports for the most part default at last 30 days, but you can always change that view by clicking advanced search or view in the top corner, depending on what report you're looking at. Um, but this is going to give you a breakdown of your, all the information that pulls from your sales for an MSKU. So the units per order, if you had any refunds for the MSKU, um, the actual amount of orders and your revenue based on fees and everything involved that we automatically pull for your sales. Um, and you can search in the search bar to just look for particular SKUs um, to see how many you sold and the profit that you're making off of those sales as well. And all these columns are also sortable. So if you're, you know, want to quickly, you know, scan what's, what's, what am I knocking out of the park with? You know, you can, I'm going to sort this ROI column here. Yep. So all of these columns are sortable and the, all of these reports are exportable. So just like when we saw an inventory to export into that .csv formatted spreadsheet, I could export this as well. So if, you know, if I wanted a hard copy of this for whatever reason, um, I could do that. Okay, we do have another question, which I think we can both talk to. Um, Sarah is asking, if I have a shopper, how do I give them limited access on their own SKU so that they, so that there's a way to pay them a percent on profit? So I will let Sarah know that my, um, my method is I have a master login, that's only for me, and then my shoppers have the secondary login. I only have two logins, though. I do have other, you know, I have several shoppers. 
Um, and then they will create their MSKU, just like you were describing. It would say Nikki, Big Lots, and then the date. And then they would put their actual price that they paid, but they account for their prep fee, right? And so that's how, and then what I do, and this, you might have another um, comment to this, is I will add their service. So I pay them a percent of spend for um, shopping for me, and then their prep goes into the cost of good, but the service fee that I give them is um, gonna be under my accounting and other expenses tab. Interesting. So that's how I do it. So tell me what you guys recommend and what you guys have taught. I wouldn't say that we recommend anything, but we do have a lot of things in place to be flexible so that you can customize it to whatever works for your business. Like what Jessica kind of just described might not work for everybody. Um, I'm going to, before I kind of show you where you would set that up and, and how you would kind of limit their access and Jeff, um, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of just demo while you describe that, but I'm just going to show the supplier profitability report really quickly here. This is something that um, some folks use to accomplish that. I'm gonna change this again so you have something more interesting to look at. Um, so supplier profitability, you make up your supplier list however you want to. As you list things, if you plug in a new supplier, it'll be added to your list. But sometimes what folks will do is they will, like instead of saying Walmart, they might say Megan, Walmart, Chelsea, Walmart, Kim, Walmart, Jeff, Walmart. So as that, you know, the person that's sourcing inventory for them, uh, as they bring in that inventory, it's listed with Jeff Walmart. So you still capture the supplier, but you're also able to then see, you know, who sourced that. And then when you look at that supplier profitability report, you know, if you are paying somebody by commission, they might say, okay, Jeff Walmart, what was the total amount of sales of the inventory that, that he sourced? And they would look at, look at, it, at it that way. Um, that's one of them. But the, what is, uh, Jess is talking about and what might be done probably just as often is uh, folks using the MSKU to like a custom MSKU to be able to uh, identify that, um, yep. that person. I'm just gonna grab an MSKU here really quick just so I can show you where that is. Yeah, I think that would be a good idea because we do have a question on what an MSKU is. So let's yeah. it. Yeah, so that, uh, an MSKU and inventory lab, it matches your SKU in Seller Central. Uh, it stands for Merchant Stock Keeping Unit. Um, inventory lab, when you first kind of come in, it's going to be set up. The inventory lab is going to generate that for you automatically. It's a unique identifier for each ASIN you're listing against, um, but you can also customize that. So instead of it being, so if you can see the screen, uh, the MSKU right here is just a, a long string of numbers that mean nothing to me. Inventory Lab uh, created that for me, makes sure that all my MSKUs can remain unique. But I'm gonna go up here, because I have it set to auto-generate MSKUs. So I have Inventory Lab doing that, I'm gonna click edit. And instead of that, I am going to, uh, I could set a, uh, an MSKU prefix. So that might be made up of, I always use the, the example of, if your employee's name is Kim and, and she's sourcing inventory for you from the Walmart in Hoboken in August of 2019, you might set up a prefix that says K for Kim, WM for Walmart, HOBO for Hoboken, and then 0819 for August 2019. And then each time you list an item, Inventory Lab will tack a couple characters on, on the end of it to remain unique, but that prefix is always going to be the same. So you could go into your sales or into, you know, into your uh, uh, MSQ profitability report and just search K and every MSQ that you have that begins with a K is going to show up like right there. So that would be a way to accomplish that. But folks usually like this custom variable MSQ tool. This, yep. Yeah, this is, um, it is, it is really neat. I, I really like that we have this. So you can build, um, any kind of an MSQ in any order, really. The only thing that you can't take out is count. So this is what M uh, Inventory Lab is gonna do to make sure that all of those MSQs remain unique. But the other four pieces you can have build, you know, be used to build all of your MSQs for you. So I'm gonna take supplier out. So we're gonna say, I want my um, cost per unit amount and my sales rank to be built in there. And I put the name Megan in here, but we're gonna say like, no, I'm gonna put Angie in there. Oops, Angie. And I'm gonna add her down there. And I can put these like in any order that I want. Yep. And now each time I list an item, 
it's going to pull these different um, pieces of information together to build that MSQ for me. So kind of the same thing, the same concept as the MSQ prefix, a lot more automated, a lot more information that you can kind of capture really quickly. Okay. Jeff, do you want to speak to the, um, the sub accounts and the different options with that? And I'll kind of demo as you go through that. Oh, sure. Yeah, so you can have uh, up to two sub accounts uh, with your main uh, inventory lab account. And a sub account basically is you can create it for a specific person or say, for example, you have several people that are sourcing for you. You can create a sub account um, and it could be a generic uh, email so that all of your sourcers log into the same um, account say when they're out sourcing so you can have as many people logged into one sub account at a time as you want and we've had people do it with sourcers and we also have them perhaps a prep center you know it gives them uh, different uh, capabilities in their account so you go you know click on your name like kim did uh, select the my account and then on the employees tab you can then set up uh, an email and then give it give that person or that email as much or as little access as you want. So if you just wanted them to, to source, you know, maybe you just want to give them Scatify access. If you're going to have them list in your account as well, then you'd have list and maybe scout as well, but you don't want them to look at your inventory or accounting or any other reports. So it's pretty flexible as far as what you can show each sub account. Yeah, especially when it comes to Scoutify, because that's really, if you're starting off with, or if you've really built your business on in retail arbitrage, you can have a Scoutify on as many mobile devices as you'd like. And like what Jess is saying, setting up that, you know, that master login and password, you that's how you build that team. So instead of, you know, just sourcing from one local location, like one Walmart, you're covering like the tri-state area with, with your shoppers. Um, accountants too uh, would be added maybe as a sub account. So you would maybe give them access to reports that sort of thing. If you have a, you know, that, that list and prep team, like Jeff said, grant them access where you want, restrict them from other areas. Um, lots of flexibility there as well. But yeah, you can have two, two sub account seats. You can use one for a master one if you want to, or just give two people access, whatever you want to do. It's up to you. So Pedro, to that point, Pedro is asking, are you planning to give access to more than two users? So Pedro, um, he's one of my clients as well. So what I do is I have just my login and then um, I mentioned just, it, it's just another Gmail account for my three shoppers. So at any time, if someone discontinues work, all I have to do is, you know, change the password. So for me, that's what, you know, we talked about when I was setting up my shoppers was just, I just have two logins, just the, my name and then one shopper. So I, you know, I guess you guys can can answer that question about getting more than two employees. It, it is something that we are looking at right now. It's for a long time, it's only one, but um, right now you can have two. It, it is something that we're looking at. Whether or not that, I wouldn't say that that's even like officially in our plans, but it is something that that is uh, being looked at actively. And then Sarah is asking how to best use Scout on desktop. So that, I, I would like to know that too. <laughs> Great question. I'm just, I'm logging into my account here just so I have a little bit more flexibility. You're welcome. Um, actually, I wanted to log into Abigail's account. Jeff, you want to speak to that really quick while I'm uh, switching it up here? Sure. I mean, you can use, uh, you go to the research tab and then select scout. And then you can research just like you do on uh, using uh, the mobile app Scoutify 2. You can find out the same kinds of information that you get on your mobile app, but it's right from the desktop. Um, it also has clickable links that will open up a page, you know, right to that product page on Amazon. Um, it also has the same research tools that Scatify uh, 2 has. Um, and then also you can see the history there. Another option is history, and that's everything that you've searched for uh, on Scout. But uh, the other thing that Scout has is uh, the Scoutify 2 dozen is the projected storage fees graph there. Yeah, and that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, and there is a lot of information here. We kind of separated it out into three different windows. If you wanted to uh, link over to the product detail page on Amazon, you could click the link up top. 
but you have the rank, the category, the size tier, and the prep type. I think somebody in the group the, the other day had asked, how do I know if I need to polybag something? Um, I wasn't sure if they were an inventory lab customer or not, but that would appear here under prep type. Yep. You have the Amazon referral fee, uh, the fulfillment fee, and then shipping and taxes. This is something that you would actually put in. So I'll kind of point this out. So if you're listing FBA uh, for shipping, this is where you're plugging in an amount, uh, like a per pound amount to add this item to an FBA shipment. So inventory lab folks usually set this somewhere between 30 cents and a dollar per pound. Um, so you're just kind of, you know, it, it doesn't look like it amounts to much really, but you're really wanting to get all of the nickel and dime stuff all together in one place. So you're able to make those informed decisions before you know, purchasing inventory. Uh, and then sales tax, same thing. If, if you're paying sales tax when purchasing inventory, you would plug in that percentage here. And all of that then is gonna um, be, you know, kind of shake out when you're looking at profitability. Um, to the right, this probably wasn't a great example here. Let me grab a different ASIN, um, just in hopes that we can see a little bit more information in that window on the right-hand side. One thing too to mention, when you change the shipping on Scout, it also changes it on your uh, list and prep page for your key estimates there. Oh my word, I can't win. <laughs> what the heck? So, and Sarah is just asking, um, so you copy and paste every UPC. So yes, just like when you're scanning in the store, it's just, you use this, well, I use the Scout when I'm looking up inventory for online arbitrage so you're just going to be looking it up it's just and then then you'll see okay the data that you want to see to make an educated decision and you you can search by by asin by upc by isbn or title and if you have a barcode scanner you know just the inexpensive one that you kind of would pair with your computer you can scan a, a barcode like a, a, you know a upc or an isbn you could scan that into the field as well to pull up the same information um and then everything to the right. So everything here is, you know, the, the, the hardcore facts about this product. So the fees that you can anticipate and such, but then everything to the right is what's currently happening with other sellers. You can see that there's right here, currently 15 uh, other sellers. So there's 15 offers for this item on Amazon. And then you see list prices. You're typically, in, like in this case, you're not gonna see 15 list prices. And we kind of get that question sort of often. Uh, Amazon only shares with us the offers they consider to be competitive. And that's what we're seeing here. So we can see um, different list prices and specifically FBA list prices, which of course is important if you're selling FBA as well. You can see a little VG next to the, to the right of these list prices. Uh, and those are condition identifiers. So VG be, being very good and being new. And then a little O and a little A, very teeny tiny. And if we look down at the key, we can see that that's currently the list price that has the buy box and the merchant is likely Amazon. So that's of course also always good to know. So when you're kind of pricing your uh, quantities, you're just look, looking to kind of be competitive. You do have all of these additional tools right below the key. So you have Book Scouter, eBay, Google, Camel, 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 uh, the Prime Comparison tool, the Amazon Restriction tool. And then our latest addition, this little guy right here, is a custom shortcut button that I've created. So that's something that you can do. You have two of them that you can create and you can switch them up anytime. You, you, know, you just put them in once and leave them. And if you wanna switch it up later, you can. Um, so if you have another tool that you use to do product research, if it has an ASIN that uh, appears in the URL, you're gonna copy that, you're gonna paste that. And this little button here is gonna take you to it. It's going to open it up in a new tab, just like all of these tools here will. Uh, so you can get more data uh, as you need it. So this is where you put in your link to your Keepa account is what I will say. <laughs> so link to the account because you can say that. I can say it because I am not on the team. I am the, you know, I am just. So there, there are a lot of tools out there, though, that I will say that, that yeah. we'll have that ASIN in the URL. So think things like keyword research, which is so huge. It's been so exciting to see everybody kind of talking about easy key lately. Um, Barbara Boshin is she's absolutely brilliant and she's from within the community and she's really built something fantastic. Unfortunately, does not have the URL in or the ASIN appearing in the URL. Um, but if you are using a keyword research tool. If you're, you know, a research tool that is looking at um, profitability on other marketplaces, if the ASIN appears in the URL, you can create a button directly to that tool um, in Inventory Lab. So, so that's another tech. option. Yep, yep, yep. So I would fill all of your, so you can have all your tools 
fill them up because um, the more knowledge you have in your data, the better. Yep. And the less clicks, the better. It's, I know that that's really kind of like a, almost like a psychological barrier sometimes or an obstacle for us is that we don't value our time yet when we're brand new entrepreneurs. And Jesse, you and I were kind of talking about that because, you know, we all kind of grew up with this idea that being an entrepreneur, starting a business meant, you know, elbow grease, nose to the grindstone, big financial risk. That is not the case in e-commerce. Like nobody, well, if anybody's encouraging you to make an investment in something that would be a financially a risk, you need to find somebody else to listen to, <laughs> but you know, you're, you're wanting to grow, you know, you want to start small and grow and snow that snowball effect that happens. Um, but your time is so valuable. And the sooner that you can get a hold of this idea that it's time to delegate, you know, letting go of the 30 up labels and upgrading to that dymo. Sometimes that's the first type of you know, task that you delegate and that's fine, but start to, when you start hitting that wall that you don't have enough time to complete all the tasks, just remember, put that in the back of your mind. That's the time. How can I delegate? What can I delegate? And that's these get rid of the clicks. Any extra? Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, sorry. My first was going from Excel sheets for my inventory into inventory lab. And that saved me mountains of time. So that's absolutely true. Yeah. Jeff, do you remember what your, what your early days looked like when you were first Dele starting to delegate and kind of grow a little bit? Oh, chaos this is a word that comes to mind. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's hard to get organized when you're first starting out and then you start finding tools that actually help, you know, and an inventory lab is, I think, one of those. You can really consolidate pretty much anything into it. You know, like you mentioned with the accounting page for other expenses and other income, I keep track of everything, even though I don't do much selling anymore, but... Yeah. And keep track of other other business items in there because it's so easy to add. And, and that, that's one of the things why we talk about it so often. We want everybody to be using all of it because we just have so many people that come to us for listing because they, they're ready to delegate. Because that's, I, I have like the worst of like my first shipments to FBA. It took me 16 hours to do it. It was really, really bad. There was a lot of tears, a lot of tissues <laughs> involved. Um, and it was actually coming into inventory lab for the first time because that's a big piece of it. You're able to print your FNSQ barcode labels while you're listing each item as opposed to seller central where you're listing everything and then you're creating shipments and then you're printing labels and then you're going back and then you're matching them all up. You're printing these barcode labels as you're listing each item. So Dymo, uh, Brother, Zebra thermal label printers, the new Rollo printers are becoming very popular. Dymo is still by far the most, the most popular amongst Amazon sellers. Um, but as you're listing items, if you have, you know, quantity of 21, your Dymo is putting out 21 barcode labels, getting those things, you know, labeled and, and moving. And it, you know, it took me from 16 hours and it was just books. That's all it was. It was books. It, was, it took me 16 hours. I took that down to in the early days, maybe like 90 minutes to, you know, to process something you know, number of items similar to that. But um, really understanding that is the nose to the grindstone, elbow grease kind of thing does not apply here. You know, you need to work hard and, and it's going to be a hustle, but your time is better spent uh, elsewhere. I know Stephen Smotherman said something one time that I loved. Um, he was talking about if you're doing a job that could be done by um, a, a minimum wage worker, you're making minimum wage. You're a minimum wage worker. And that's not what you go into being an entrepreneur to do. So if you're spending your time like removing labels, sourcing, you know, from locations in the tri-state area, really start to consider how you can delegate those tasks out to others. And Inventory Lab does have a lot of tools in place that help you do that, that make it easy to be able to do that. But there are lots of methods, even outside of Inventory Lab, to, to really scale your business. But I seriously encourage you to look at what can be delegated. Okay. Can you show us, can you click on the plus sign for um, creating a new link? Um, right over there. Yeah. Um, so Sarah's asking, how do I, how do I link Keepa, right? Because everybody needs to link Keepa. So just, just show us real quick. Sure. Oh, here's my little pop-up. Yay. I, I created that. It's <laughs> one of my first ones. Do it and then you're like yes it worked it's exactly what it was i was like oh thank god it works <laughs> yeah um so you would go to so i'm gonna um i'm just gonna go to amazon actually i already have it up over here i'm gonna go to amazon i'm just gonna because it's gonna have an asin uh in the title i'm just gonna click on something over here really quickly i'm gonna grab the link 
Do, do, do. So I'm grabbing a, a URL. I'm grabbing it's w, you know, HTTPS, www, all the way through to the ASIN. Oops. And I'm coming back here. Um, if this was brand new, I'm actually, let me just delete this one right here so you can kind of see it from brand new. This is what it's going to look like when you get here. So I've copied that ASIN from whatever tool you want to use, whether that's um, like Amazon ASIN is a, is a tool. It's free because a lot of, you know, really great data. If that's Keepa, whatever you want that to be, you're going to paste that ASIN right in here and then give it a display name. So this is going to appear when you hover over um, the icon and I'll show you what that's going to look like in a second, but it's also what it's going to appear as in your Scoutify if you want to add it to your Scoutify app. Okay. And then if what it's what I want the icon to read. So just two characters. I'm going to say I want to add this to list. I want to add it to Scout and I wanted to add it to Scoutify and I click create okay. and it's done. So I'm going to now go um, over to I'm going to go back to Scout just so you can kind of see what this thing looks like here. Plug this ASIN in. Oops, I don't want that whole thing. Get rid of the rest of that. So here is my button. Now it says AZ. If I hover over that, it's going to say Amazon ASIN. And if I click it, it's going to take me to that product detail page on amazon.com. So if that was you know, a different tool, it would open up specifically on that page. So it doesn't it's not going to be like that same ASIN every time. And what we did is we kind of built this tool so it recognizes the ASIN in that URL. So then, you know, if I wanted to search, let me just, I'll find a different product here we and plug in a different ASIN and click that tool and it would open up that page for that ASIN, you know, specific to that ASIN. So all you need to do is copy that. We're going to recognize the ASIN in that and we're going to swap it out and replace it with whatever item you're researching at the time. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Okay. So we have several questions. Sue is asking, um, she's frustrated with inventory alerts. Um, can't get inventory lab more precise with that. So I asked her what inventory alerts specifically. And then Judith is asking, is there an area in inventory lab with videos on specific tasks we can do to take advantage of everything you can do? So I think, do you have, you guys have YouTube videos, right? I don't yes. know. Yep. It, are you able to um, give them the, that PDF? Is that possible to make that available to them? So I'm going to put, so um, Kim sent me a PDF and I'm going to put it in the files section of Ladies of FBA. And I, th I think I can link it on my website as well. Perfect. So that will be um, something that will be kind of a, a cheat sheet, right? Yes. Yep. Lots of links in there to lots of different videos of things that we've talked about. Um, Jeff and Angie, I'm going to throw this to you. So what the, the first question that was asked was about inventory alerts, and that's actually part of a really recent update. Um, this, this is information that's always been there, but we put alerts now up front on this page, so they kind of made it more uh, up front. So Jeff, I'm going to switch around, just pull up just my inventory with alerts on, and Jeff or Angie, if you want to talk to, uh, kind of just speak to those a little bit. I know what she's talking about now. It took me a second, but yes, I know exactly what you're talking about, Sue. Yes, all of those. Yeah. How do you fix it? Oh, did we lose Jeff? It looks like we might have. Okay. I, oh, I just I just lost my videos all for some reason and went out. But uh, yeah, so the, this this alert now for the longest time um, these alerts were always there. You but you could only see them on on the old sub MSQ page, what we call the replenishments page now, and it was a more purchased. Uh, quantity alert and which was frustrating for a lot of our customers and us as well because you never knew which which item had an alert for inventory so now we put those on the main page so it's easy to get to you can sort like Kim just did and just display those alert alerted items and then uh, or you can just click on the alert icon it'll take you right to the replenishments page and, uh, and then it explains right there where she is now when you hover over that, it, it tells you that the, you know, the Amazon on hand and the shipments quantities are different than what we're accounting for in inventory last. And if you note the next paragraph, there are a few possible reasons. If you click there, it takes you to a support article that uh, that'll explain how that happens. And there are 
many reasons why it can happen, but um, when you see these, you just have to adjust them. Yeah, so the, one, of the, like one of the things that reasons that you might want to see that up front is this could be alerting you to Amazon has checked in a shipment incorrectly. So you know, making any changes on this page isn't going to change my inventory. I'm going to go back actually. Um, I'm going to open my FDA inventory to a different tab just so you can kind of see that my on hand inventory, you know, it, it is coming directly from Amazon, but it's kind of like inventory lab is the on hand inventory isn't what was expected. And it's kind of saying like, hey, is there you know, a discrepancy here? Maybe something that you want to take a look at. You know, and sometimes that would be, so you can see that there's one on hand, right? Right. But then on that page, it's saying that inventory lab it had expected there to be two on hand. Um, but Amazon is saying that there's only one. There, that means that there's a discrepancy. So I might want to follow that up, making sure that they checked in that shipment correctly, or uh, maybe I made a change in Seller Central, that sort of thing. Um, but so I, I'm feeling it, it is a little overwhelming. Sue is, uh, um, you know, mentioning that. So I do believe that I would say nine times out of 10, it's going to be a discrepancy at Amazon. And maybe just to kind of wait it out because they need to reconcile their batches. And, you know, that can take anywhere from a week to three to six weeks sometimes. So maybe um, just have it on a task list to to review maybe weekly. And then maybe that's your trigger to say, okay, I need to reconcile this batch. It's been 14 days. Um, but I think it's better to be aware of discrepancies than not. Like if we weren't aware before, now we are aware. And even though it is a little more over overwhelming, um, especially when you are you know, a, a velocity seller, um, it's just one more thing that we are getting on top of as a business owner. So while it's the red marks can be daunting, I think maybe for me, I'll just set myself, you know, a Thursday or Friday alert to, okay, I need to go and look at all of those. And then what do I need to reconcile on Amazon's end? Because as we know, this isn't something inventory lab is doing. This is, Hey, something's going on between your shipment at Amazon and what you told me you were shipping. Yeah, especially if Amazon is showing less than, than like in this case, Amazon is showing less on hand than what Inventory Lab expected there to be. Um, that might be that they're, you know, that you've been shortchanged on the quantities that you sent, but it might be, you know, the, the opposite. So maybe, um, you know, if you've listed in Inventory Lab and then you added additional quantities in Seller Central or, or listed those additional quantities other ways, like what Jeff was saying, there's so many different, you know, reasons why that could be. Your on-hand is your on-hand. This isn't really looking at, uh, you know, the quantities themselves, like how many are for sale, right? So this is the, the number of quantities that you're accounting for. So, you know, if I left this alone completely, what would happen would be, you know, I would have um, like maybe a sale where there were no buy costs accounted for in that. So I want my accounting to be like on point. So I want to make sure that I have that, that kind of taken care of. So it's not going to like make your or, or break anything and you know, Amazon's not gonna get mad at you. This has nothing to do with like those tangible quantities that are, are for sale, but how many you're actually accounting for, what, you know, the ones that you put a value on uh, in your accounting. But you can you know, trace some of these back. One of my favorite things about this page is that you know, clicking on that remaining quantity. So if I kind of looked at this and I thought, well, I need to you know, tr trace these back. I, I wanna see the history of these quantities. I can click that remaining quantity. I can see orders, refunds. Maybe I had something removed or disposed, whatever the case may be. I'm going to be able to see that here. I can click on an order ID. And I'm going to pull it up in another tab. But I do want to just something that what I noticed in my own account and our team is aware of. If you signed up for that, um, what, did, what, is, what is that pilot program, Jeff? What did they call that? On hand? No. Where it's second. I know what you're talking about. Where they make quantities available while they're still en route. En route. So, so Sue is concerned because she has one that's off by 250. So that would be something I would definitely be reconciling with Amazon. Is it 250 more or less at Amazon? Less. Angie, you want to speak to that? Like kind of just tell, so like what, what their next step should be? Um, so, so if you hover over and click on the article that we included there, it has a lot of reasons why this can happen, which might help but one if if 
inventory lab is showing a lot more than what Amazon is showing. Something else that could have caused it is if shipping plans were deleted for any reason. So if you listed something through inventory lab and had to delete shipments, um, inventory lab's still going to think that all those were sent in because it doesn't come back later. We'll obviously sync up what is actually on hand, but by doing that, inventory lab's like, hey, I thought all of these were supposed to be listed. So that's a big one too when we see that inventory have inventory lab has less than Amazon. Yep. So that is a really good point because if you have, you know, we don't want to delete shipments, but if that happens, that's, that might be the root cause, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, let's see. Um, we have another question. When I do list a product, it gives tax code option too. Do I have to put any Thing in there or just don't worry about the tax code. So that's like if you're paying taxes um, and you're not using your resale certificate, correct? No, that would be it, during sure. the listing process. If Amazon is collecting sales tax on your behalf, you've already plugged a sales tax code in in Seller Central and you would choose the corresponding tax code here. Um, let me just, I'm going to pull that up just so you can kind of see what that looks like. But you should not have to do that every time because this is a really extensive list. Like if I took agent tax out. Oh, right. It's really, really extensive. Um, so if you have, you know, plug that in and seller schedule, you want to choose the corresponding one here, but you don't want to do it every time. So go to your name and then settings. And then go over to the right hand side and click advanced settings and have these are all different fields that you can have pop populated for you automatically. So if I say I want the sales tax field or excuse me, tax code field to be the default from last entry, that means I can plug in a gen tax one time and it'll be there for me every time I list an item. You don't have to do it every time. But the same thing applies to all of these. Like if you're listing, you know, items all in new condition, click condition. You know, if you're listing a ton of stuff from the same supplier, click supplier. Things like that, um, just so you can, you know, again, eliminating those unnecessary clicks because your your time is just way, way, way too valuable. Right. Okay. Sue has one more question. If she's shipping through Seller Central, doesn't Inventory Lab pick that up? I think that might be the discrepancy. You know. Yeah. So you're. We call that inbound shipping. If you go to accounting, and inbound shipping. So any FBA shipments, we're gonna, this is some of those things that are automatic, automatically imported for you automatically into Inventory Lab. All of your inbound shipping expenses are gonna be found here. If you're listing merchant fulfilled, your shipping expenses are gonna be captured in the sale itself, as opposed to, you know, inbound shipping is, is a, all, a page unto itself, you know, all, all to itself. Uh, but if you go to accounting and then merchant sales, you'll see the shipping accounted for in the actual sale. I think what is happening is maybe she's shipping a replen without putting the batch into inventory lab. So yeah. Discrepancy. So yeah, that'll give her an alert on her inventory for sure. She'll show less in yep. so inventory lab. Yep. So there's, there's a root cause, Sue. Um, if you're doing that, you're not going through inventory lab to account for your inventory, then they're gonna start, they're gonna keep doing those. So it's just best to make a, a, a batch in inventory lab for everything. And you wanna talk talk them through like what, just kind of like the steps to, to change that, Jeff, just how to move those numbers around so that everything matches. If, if, they, if they do find the root cause, like what would they do then on this page to, to resolve that? Yes, on this page, um... Say that we're showing, you know, 10 more than we have here, or Amazon's showing 10 more. You can just uh, add a row by clicking on that blue button. And uh, then you can put your information in there that'll account for those 10 items that you shipped out through Seller Central without creating a batch in, in uh, Inventory Lab. And then you can still put your cost to supplier purchase date. Um, because that sounds like exactly what the issue is. If you're showing less, then uh, it's because you're doing all your shipments in in in, in uh, Amazon. And so we're doing this sync with the inventory and all of a sudden we show, in your case, I think you said 250 units. Right. It's like, okay, well, where do these 250 units come from? We've only accounted for, you know, 10. So we just need, we're just warning you that, you know, you need to have your costs accounted for for those because uh, we're just gonna default to the last cost entered on this page 
for all of your sales and you want to make sure you have accurate information. In, in this example, though, I would just I could if I wanted to right just change the initial quantity of that second replenishment row. And uh, yeah, you, you could add it there. But if, if you're just going to add a complete row, if it's a shipment that's separate from these, you'd want to add a row. You know, if those were accounted for already in previous, and now you have another shipment of 200 items going in, you just want to add another row unless the cost didn't change, then you could, you know, just add 200 units to that. But I prefer to personally, I like to know how many I'm shipping in each time so I can account for it, even if it is the same cost, because the dates are going to be different, that sort of thing. I get kind of, you know, like the intricacies of it. But thank you for getting to the bottom of that for Stu. That was very, very helpful. And, you know, the more questions we have, the more everybody learns. And I had no idea how to do that. So, and you can um, tell right away on that inbound shipping page if there are shipments that were created in Inventory Lab or if they were created. Um, through just Seller Central because if it's created through Inventory Lab, it's going to have the batch name on the far left. If there's no name there, that means it was done solely in uh, Seller Central. Okay, and Sue is asking how can she get help for her specific case? And I would just say um, you can contact Kim, right? She's in our group and, uh, and you guys can get that all resolved. Yeah, and opening up a ticket really, especially if you want to us to be able to dive into your account, because I'll get a lot of questions on Facebook that are specific to somebody's account, um, and you know I I really don't want to you know, ping you and be like, hey, I looked at your account. You know, it's just a security purposes. We would really want you to open up a ticket. Uh, you can also go to our help center and you can uh, chat with us. So Monday through Friday we have chat open uh, during the normal business hours, but open up a ticket anytime. You can. Um, you can open up right here. You can click support and open up a ticket that way. You can open up a ticket in the, in the uh, forum or not, not the forum, sorry, the help center here. And then that's also where you would find chat would be in the help center. Perfect. So open a ticket through the dashboard. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. That way we, we you know, let us know what the, the login, if you're emailing us from, you know, we're actually if you're going to open it up to your account, we're going to know what your, your, your uh, login is, but just give us as much information as you can, you know, the batch maybe, Definitely the MSKU, give us an idea of kind of what's happening and we'll help you kind of uh, track it back. And don't forget too, and remember you can click on that remaining uh, quantity amount and you can click on that and kind of also see that history. So taking any kind of screenshots that you can, it would be really helpful. Angie, anything else that they should, that she should include with that, that would help us kind of track the information down? Um, the MSKU definitely, if you know that you ship outside of inventory lab or may have not created shipments or any, any information you can give as to what may have happened will help us kind of know where to look and try to hunt that down. Fantastic. Well, I really appreciate your help today and your demo and your guidance. So you all can, um, you know, find our team, Kim, Angie, Jeff, you can, you know, contact them through your, through your dashboard. Um, so, just a few minutes and we'll wrap up. So if there, um, I think we've answered a ton of questions. I think we've gotten a ton of value. So I really appreciate your time today, bringing this value to ladies of FBA. Um, and any closing remarks where we can find you and. Yeah, so in that PDF, uh, the, at the very, very bottom, you'll see links to sign up for our, our newsletter, link to our blog, the YouTube channel, but really kind of look through there. Um, there are some really, really great tips. There are just a ton of different things that you can do with your buy list from Scoutify and not just from Scoutify. There are a lot of people using these lists in very creative ways, especially if you have shoppers. Those buy lists can be used to really list in bulk. You're gonna be importing that list right into Inventory Lab. It's gonna list in bulk. It's a fantastic workflow, it eliminates an awful, awful, awful lot. Um, you can also not just you know, use the buy list in Scoutify, you can have a buy list template if you're you know, online arbitrage, whatever the case may be same sort of thing, but there's a lot of tips and tricks in there. You can restore a closed batch and use it as a new batch. We really, really would like to see more folks using the velocity report as well. If you're replenishing items there, you can, you know, assign the lead time days that you need, which is the amount of time that you need to source the inventory and get it shipped in. And 
inventory level is going to do some higher mass and let you know what your replenish by date should be. So that's the date that you need to start sourcing that item. So it's not like a full, like robust type of tool for like inventory forecasting, but it is going to give you a good idea of when you need to start that process to replenish inventory to really avoid uh, stockouts. I just did a video. We just posted it or published it the other day. Um, so it, that should be the most recent one in the YouTube channel as well. So that's about velocity and and actually about inventory and, and getting those multiple buy costs for replenishments captured. So really the two, one of those big questions that we had today is addressed in that video as well. And I'll post that video in the group if you want me to, Jess. Um, so I was gonna ask in this thread of the live video, I want the link to the YouTube channel and everybody needs to subscribe because just like your Seller University videos, you need to watch all your inventory live videos um, I've been subscriber for two years, so um, we'll post that and, and then we'll get that um, PDF in the files and I'll post it to my website. So just if you have any questions, you can still post them in this um, in this feed that's going to be replay um, and then tag myself and Kim and then um, yeah, thank you for coming and thank you for joining us. Thanks, thanks for, for having, having us. us. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having us. It was so good to meet you guys. So um, I think that's I think that's all. Everybody is saying thank you on the on the live feed. So all thanks right, everybody. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks. Bye. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye, guys.